Welcome to Agency Nation radio podcast where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure, stories that help make them professionals they are today. Agency Nation Radio is presented by The Big Eye and Trusted Choice. Welcome, I'm today's host, Lisa Lemansky, Agency Operations Manager with Myers Lombardini Lemansky Insurance, and I'm really excited for today's show. Will Lemansky, my hubby, and the owner of Myers Lombardini Lemansky Insurance, and I have a conversation with the new Big Eye Chairman, Mike McBride, President of Mason McBride in Troy, Michigan. Also hailing from the Mitten State, Will and I are fortunate to have a long-standing relationship with Mike, and we're so proud and grateful for his leadership both in Michigan and now as the chairman of the Big Eye National Association. Our future is bright, and we are thrilled to introduce to you our friend and mentor, Mike McBride. Hey, Lisa and Will. Hola. So since we're all from the Mitten, we thought it would be exciting to talk about our relationship with Mike and how proud and we and grateful we are for his leadership, um, both in Michigan and now at the national level. So let's get started. All right. I guess for me, you know, I, I got involved in the Big Eye probably 12, 13 years ago, something like that. And um, I remember this is kind of funny. Sort of when I when I joined, there were all these people. There was Dave Walker, Mike McBride, Scott McBride, Mar- Mike Largis, Scott Hummel, our state uh, legislator. I honestly thought for like a year or two that Mike was like an employee of the association. Like, no joke. I, I was like, we got Mike, Mike, Scott, all these people. I didn't know who was who. I was just showing up to people, you know, places. And um, so anyways, but yeah, we, we've known each other for quite a while. I think you were president of the state probably when we were getting started. Yeah, 11, 12 was the year I was president of the state. And, I, and then, of course, the um, I got involved in the association, obviously, much earlier doing committee work and things like that, which was an exciting time when I got involved in the association because, you know, electricity was just coming online. Uh, we were moving to automobiles, things like that. So, um, but, you know, I, I think the path that I followed is very common and very similar to um, a lot of other people who are in uh, leadership at different levels. You start at the local level. You start by getting involved in committees and volunteering for things. And, you know, uh, one thing leads to another and uh, you find yourself um, just on a path of finding different ways to contribute. So, But Mike, I think you're kind of a unicorn in insurance because you knew you always wanted to be insurance in insurance, right? Yeah, I, it's, uh, I always say that it was, you know, people ask, how'd you get in the business? Uh, for many people, they kind of fall into it. Uh, for me, it was genetic. You know, my grandfather was an agent in the thumb of Michigan. For those non-Michigan uh, people, you'll understand what, what that's a, that's a little section of Michigan. If you look at the, as Lisa says, the Mitten, it's a small town in up in northern the thumb of Michigan. And then my father was, he worked there for a while, but the agency wasn't really big enough for, for both of them. He ended up moving to Detroit, uh, working for a great American insurance company. Uh, and then he was there for about five years and went into the agency side, which a lot of people did back then. You know, that was for a long time. That was how uh, people found their way into the agency system was through the carrier ranks. And then uh, he would put out some partners in 71, 72, um, kind of organized itself as Mace McBride. I then ended up going to uh, Ferris State, um, go Bulldogs, uh, <laughs> in the insurance program. So, yeah, I actually was one of these people that actually intended to do that. So. And then when I got out, you know, I worked out of undergrad, I worked for, uh, which was then Michigan Mutual, which is now, you would know, as a marisher. I worked for them for a couple of years, so before coming in the agency business. So 
So yeah, kind of a, not an uncommon path, but um, for a certain subset of people in our business, look, I think you guys actually, right. You find your way into it through, through family as well in some, some fashion, right? Yeah. I, I, I was, I actually wanted to be an English high school teacher. And then as I took a class, figured out quickly, that wasn't my thing. And, and then my mom and stepdad had an agency and there wasn't room for me there. So I talked to my uncle and he said, go talk to the carriers first and took a job with auto owners as a claim rep for about five years. And um, this this kind of leads a little bit into our first story about how we all got to know each other. But for when I got on Yak, Young Agents, um, so we were having a convention at Mackinac Island and um, we were... I don't, know, I don't know why I was on the island and Lisa was coming up. I think he had to work or something like that. We were sitting in a pub just talking and, and you know, hey, what's, you know, where do you like going? Where do you like traveling? And and you said something to the effect of, yeah, we, I love been to Ireland. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, what town? You know, where'd you go? Uh, and you say, oh, it's a small little town on the West Coast. You probably never heard of it. And my ears perk up. And I'm like, where's that? He said, Tully Cross Ireland. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I'm literally texting Lisa. I don't even know if we had texting back in the day. I was we probably had texting. My, probably on my Blackberry. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, Mike McBride has been to Tully Cross Ireland. And the cool story, just so everybody knows, do, do you want to tell the story of your history with Tully Cross, Lisa? Yeah. So um Will and I met at Aquinas College, and really the main reason I went to Aquinas is because they have this amazing study abroad program in the middle of West Coast Ireland out in Connemara um, in a town of 25 people, eight thatcher of cottages, Catholic church surrounded by the 12 Bend Mountains. This is the only place I can go. Like I toured Michigan State because I just knew it wasn't a good fit, and I went to Aquinas, and they told me all about Telecross, and I was like, this is where I want to be. and so. No one, most people don't know where it is. So when Will Will texted me, I'm in the Great Lakes on this ferry trying to get to, you know, Mackinac Island. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how in the world does Mike McBride have any idea of where the small town is? So it's so special to me. I have lifelong friends there. Yeah, I was like hurt, like praying, like, please let this ferry get to Mackinac Island because I want to, it was just so fun to meet somebody who knew. And if, if only you could see Mike McBride's background, um, set up a zoom with him so you can at least just see it it's um telecraft so it's one of the cool things about the business is that you try to communicate to people is that just the very nature of it is your your tentacles get spread pretty far and wide in your connections with people and you never know where they're going to show up and i think it's so important like those connections no matter what they are and even though mike your your travel schedule is always crazy busy you and your brother scott always make time to answer questions for will and i no matter what they are. And I kind of think that segues into another another part of our relationship that was something that Will and I have always just been so grateful for, for you and your brother. Well, it's I, I appreciate that. I, I think that I have tried to explain to people that, you know, one of the byproducts of of working your way through the uh, the executive committee, the big guys, we, we start to do a lot of travel. We go out to different you know, states, we will speak at their events, we'll, you know, sit down their board meetings, talk to people. <clears throat> and I, I, it's very difficult, I think, to explain to people in other industries how unique our culture is. And 
I have met so many people now over the years of doing this that you establish those relationships, but it's it's so unique in the sense that even if you know, if I were to call somebody in, you know, Idaho that I was just at here a few months ago at their conference, um, I may have met them once. And if I call them and say, hey, do you remember me? I, I need some help. They will drop what they're doing to help, just like we will. And I don't know that it's such a unique culture in our business. And it's something that's so appealing for people who have a bit of a servant's heart and want to help. There were people in this business who did that for me when I was coming up through the process and I don't do it out of sense, you know, maybe it's out of a partially out of sense of obligation, but just it's just who we are. And I don't know that other people in other industries quite, quite grasp that. And that's what makes it appealing to say. So I, I encourage people that if you are wired that way, this is the perfect business and industry for you because this is who we are. So I was thinking about that the other night, like, um, you know, how many times have I gone to people who know a lot more than I do for advice? And I think one of the first things, you know, we bought the agency in 2012 and for, I don't know, just a couple of years, we were just banking cash, like building up the war chest. And my uncle's so super conservative who we learned from it was getting to point like, what should I have here? I have no clue. And I remember asking you, you were writing stuff on a piece of paper and talking to me about best practices. I actually still have that paper scanned in my, you know, my kind of like little think box folder of like stuff to review and think about. but. That letter. I thought you were going to say it was a bar napkin. So. It, it pretty much was. Um, but it talked about like just you know how long you should have a working capital and things like that. And um, you know, I think I think the big thing I take away from all that is is people need to ask. You know, and because I think you know, and I'm not like we. I mean, we've been in the business 20 years, but more experienced people when, when you go to these uh, conventions and, and and meetings, things like that, they're not going to come up to you and start telling you how much they know. And you know, they're not like that. You know, they're not egomaniacs to say, hey, if you need help, contact me. So, but, and I think younger people then have to get, kind of get the courage and be humble enough to ask. And when you ask, like the people will open up the floodgates and give you a ton of information. I mean, we've, you know, I, I over the years, just you, people set up phone calls and, and, you know, I, I, I remember last year in New Orleans, there was a question. I was down at a convention. We chatted for 20 minutes on something. So I think it's just people need to remember that you need to ask people. And to pick up on that, well, I, I think to extend your point further, um, the opportunity to ask, to do exactly what you said, there, there's one prerequisite to that. And it's something that I've been trying to um, drive home in, in messaging, and that is get involved. Mm-hmm. Just get involved at some level. You don't have to do, you know, you don't have to go all in like the three of us have over the years, you know, with this association. You can if you want. It's great. We need people to help do that. Um, but just get involved. If you get involved at some level, I think you know, not only will you contribute, but I think you're going to find even at a, even if you just get involved with the committee level, the connections you're going to make in this industry, the opportunity to do exactly what you said, Will, and that is just ask people for input, insight, help, sounding board. You're going to have more opportunities uh, for resources than you ever thought you could have by just getting involved, even if it's at a base level. 100% Will's right. It, there is a level of humility where you have to be okay to kind of open yourself up a little bit and, and ask someone who 
who does have more experience than you, kind of what do you think and, you know, what are we doing? But then you don't feel so alone because sometimes in certain positions within agencies, it is very lonely and you you kind of get consumed by your four walls, right? I mean, because every day we get up, we come in, we do similar things and sometimes it just is overwhelming and it's nice to just be able to send a quick text message and ask even what we would think is the easiest question. Hey, how are you guys documenting in your management system, you know, who the main contact is for a commercial lines policy, right? Like it doesn't have to be this, how much working capital should I have? It could be something even, even simpler than that, just to get some feedback to help you know that, you know, you're, you're on the right track or, you know, we don't do it this way because of this, this, and this reason. And, and maybe you didn't think about it like that. And we've been so lucky here with both you and your brother and, you know, Dave and Barbara Walker, like everybody has been wonderful to us, but you know, you do have to be willing to like kind of open yourself up to, and if we wouldn't have, we definitely wouldn't have the friendship that we've had all these years and you've never made us feel uncomfortable. And I've always thought it was always amazing that no matter what national or state meeting we were at, you made an effort to come over and see Will and I, no matter what, like, even if it was just in passing, you always came over and said hello. And I think that kind of helps build the relationship that you made the time to say, you know, you, you had a lot of responsibilities, but you always made time to say hello to us. And I think, you know, that means a lot to people. And I think sometimes the more experienced generation sometimes doesn't think about it. And it makes me want to be, to do what you did for us for that next generation. And I think we need to think about it like that. You've always said to us, and I know it was in the latest article in the magazine, the national magazine, where, you know, when we get into leadership, we need to leave it in a better place than where we took it over. And I think that that's something that has always transcended, you know, with Will and I, like, it's always just not that it was in shambles before we all stepped in, but we just build on what's already been set ahead for us. I mentioned, uh, to pick it up on that point, you know, I think in my, the remarks I did in Grand Rapids, I, cause it's a very important point to me, I, I, is that I am very cognizant of the fact that everything that all of us collectively here, um, in the, in the business today, everything that we benefit from, um, is a byproduct and the result of what people that came before us did. And it is, it's not, it's our responsibility, and I think it's actually our duty um, to leave this place, leave the industry, leave the association, leave the enterprise in a better position than we found it for the next people that come after us and let them build on it from there. And that's that's how you make, that's how um, an industry, whether or a business or an association, that's how it evolves. And that's how it evolves and prospers. And that is that continual building black process, but it requires people to um, not just tend to what was built, but caretake for it and then expand it and make it better as as times need. And, you know, the other thing I was going to mention was you mentioned about reaching out to people. The other really unique thing about our business because of that network of um, uh, tentacles is that if you ask somebody for some input or soundboard or help on something, um, often you're going to hear, I don't know the answer to that, but I know somebody who does. And that's incredibly powerful. It is kind of crazy. Like we've gone to these things and and I noticed that I've used our time in the association and people we know across the United States in conversations with clients. Like we're talking about the hard market. I'm like, and I got buddies in Montana, Texas, California, Oklahoma, Florida. They're all dealing with the same stuff and worse. So I don't know, it just, it's, mm-hmm. it helps with that kind of like macro. I'm a macro view type of a guy. And um I don't know, it's given me more confidence in even talking to clients. 
And that's the interesting thing. You know, I, I think everybody, uh, sometimes there's a, uh, a default to the obvious tangible benefits about being involved in the association. You'll, you know, you'll cite, people will cite a program or they'll cite something specific they got out of it. And I think what's often over missed is the things that you guys are talking about. And that is the, the relationships and connections you make. You know, when you, you looked in the aggregate at from the time you bought the agency and got involved in the association till today, my guess would be that the most valuable thing you got was not something substantive, but rather the people and the relationships and the connections that helped you along the way, not just in terms of anything. It may be nothing more than just validating what you already knew. And, and that creates that confidence for you to, to, to take the next step and do the next thing. And it's that the programs we all do are great and they're important. Um, but I think sometimes we underestimate the uh, the connection part of it. 100%. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's nice to go to these meetings just to connect with the people that we don't get to see all the time, you know, not that the programming is not great, but sometimes it's that connection of networking with people who are doing similar things to you or are in similar positions. And then those people who are taking that next big step that you want to take, but you're not maybe there yet, or you're maybe you don't think you're ready for, and now you're learning about where what they did in order to get there. And I think if you can be a sponge and just soak all of it in, and I think Will and I have tried to do that. And I think the association and all of our involvement and all of those people have given us so much that we feel like it's our responsibility to give back at that same level and even more so because without you guys and without the things that have come before us, we would never be really where we are. And not that that's a bad thing. I mean, what we had going on in our agency was great, but now we're even better than what we ever would have thought. And we have people that, you know, we can, we can call on in a moment's notice that can, you know, talk us off the ledge or be our biggest cheerleader, even though they might not know what's going on. They're like, that sounds amazing. Like, great job or whatever that is. Or we send virtual pints of Guinness to each other, you know, (laughs) however that might be. Well, and I and I don't know, um, you know, I think uh, where I'm trying to figure out now, I think the next evolution of get involved for from my perspective is not only the the obvious, but how do we get that next generation to come in underneath both of us, right? You know, we were talking earlier before we started this podcast about uh, students, right, and high schools and colleges and you know, it's, I always found it kind of paradoxical that we are all great sales and marketing people, but we have a tough time selling the benefits of this business to a next generation. And this is something I think we have to work on next, where we've got so much to offer somebody in that doesn't have necessarily a particular direction they want to go in business, because there's so many different things you can do in this business. It's not just the stereotypical what they see superficially. And we need everybody from whatever background, whatever walk of life, whether it's a second career or whether they just are doing this purposefully or they don't know and they kind of wander into it, we need to embrace them into this business because there's too many opportunities. There's too many people like of my particular demographic that somebody's going to have to pick up this baton because you know I'm at the tail end of this career, not at the front end, not even at the middle end. And we need people involved. We need people to pick this thing up and take it farther than we've taken it. I love what Lisa said earlier before this about like insurance being a lifestyle. And that's, that's really how, how I view it. Responding to a call at eight o'clock at night, if needed, not every day, but I don't see that as work. I just see that as taking care of people. That's all it comes down to, you know. You made a really good point during the installation about how important the insurance world is. And without us, 
really the economy could stop because we are in all facets of things. And I, and that was something that, you know, I knew that, but the way that you eloquently described it really kind of hit home for me. And it was something that we kind of echoed when we got back into the office on Monday with the rest of our team. Like, you know, it, it, we do have a noble profession and what we do matters and how we connect with our communities. And it, it doesn't always have to be monetarily, you know, our time is also very important too. And our, the time we give to our communities is, Huge. And I think sometimes people don't necessarily see that. And I think you're right. We need we can do a better job of communicating that and showing people that there's a lot that we do do. And we're not just these stuffy. It's not a stuffy profession. Like there's a lot of life here. And without us, the world kind of stops. It's interesting. I, I've tried to close with that line at each of the state visits, because I think even if they don't remember a thing I said, right, which is pretty common, and I completely understand that. If they just take away that end, and I and I and I, you know all great ideas are liberated from somebody else. And I always give credit to John Jensen, who was a former chair of the Big Guy, who um, who started the narrative of we are a noble profession. And I told John, I'm going to steal that, and I'm going to expand upon it that we are both noble and essential. And to your point, Lisa, essential in the sense that try to remind people and try to remind your staff, you know, as they get in the the throes of the day to day frustrations. Um, if we all collectively don't do what we do, then the economy really seizes up, right? Homes don't get built, cars don't get made, cars don't get driven, loans don't get made, businesses don't get started, inventory doesn't get bought, goods don't ship, services are not provided. Everything that works in the economy works because there is an element of risk management, because risk is managed uh, it is quantified, it is contained so that everybody can do what they do. And so that's really the essential part of what we do that we have to remind ourselves. And I think it's an interesting and great way um, potentially to help explain to younger people who are looking at this business that it is not just a um, a transaction. It is an integral part of a capitalist economy that has a seat at the table in defining how the economy is shaped and move forward. Yeah, it's almost like we're the helpers of society. You know, mm -hmm. when people have problems, they come to us for help and we solve it for them or try to solve them or lead them along the path to get an answer. And uh, yeah, there's... We celebrate them too. You know, our, our clients are expanding their businesses or, you know, starting a business and, and we've seen it through from the very beginning when, you know, there's that struggle and they're working all these hours to now building it into what their dream was, you know, or tornadoes ripped through Michigan, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago now. And, you know, we were slammed with calls because it was pretty much our area where, you know, this went through and, you know, being there to kind of hold someone's hand and say, you know, it's going to be okay. This is what's going to happen. We're going to set expectations. We're going to, you know, be that strength for them in this time of craziness and stress and all these other things going on in their life. And now they have this really big inconvenience. People talk about it, but until you actually experience it, what we do is very important. And those relationships are, are key to making us as successful as we've been. The most rewarding relation, client relationships you have are the ones where the client has you in their favorites list right next to their attorney and CPA, right? Where it's like they call you and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing X. What should I be considering? Um, what would you, you know, and, and, and getting you involved in the, in the strategic part of the conversation of the business because that's where you can be most effective and that's where it's most rewarding actually for both of us. Yeah, kind of like be a counselor to people as opposed to a price shopper. That's why right. I try to be. <laughs> and that's where um, it goes back to the, 
marketing that message to younger people to understand that, that you will actually uh, find the most valuable thing, at least on, if you're on the agency and broker side of things, the most valuable thing you do for people, for your clients, is when you sit with them and give them advice and counsel strategically about um, the role that risk and insurance needs to play in their organization, how they can help them facilitate them to become successful in what they're doing rather than just some kind of a compliance mechanism. And I think that's really what the value proposition of the IA system is, um, is that advice and counsel. And I am a firm believer in, you know, while everybody talks about, you know, commoditization of businesses and AI, you know, deciding to take over the world, you know, Skynet's going to come down and replace us all. Um, I think that uh, the most important thing that never goes out of favor, that's always in a bull market, is advice and counsel. Last time I checked, insurance is complicated. <laughs> and, and we're here to yes. explain that. I know I, I said to somebody the other day, they're, they're talking about insurance being complicated. So we were talking about things. And I said, man, fixing cars is complicated. I don't know how to do it. Right. Right. I, you know, I, to your point, well, I mean, when I remember when I was uh, uh, when I was in high school, a buddy of mine, we used to screw around with cars and we'd take, you know, take stuff apart and put it back together. You know, we we rebuilt an engine once. I, I you know, you open up a hood of a car now, I'm lucky if I can find out where the washer fluid goes. Right. Um, we've become incredibly much more sophisticated in everything we do. And it requires people to be subject matter experts in the field and to help and assist the broader mission. Well, I think one key takeaway besides our relationship and how much fun we've had over all the years and we've, uh, the four of us, you and Katie and Will and I and a few of our other insurance friends um, all went to Telecross together. But a fun fact about that is Mike learned how to pour the perfect pint of Guinness. So if he's ever with any of you, you should ask him because he's now an expert. He's been trained by a professional um, in Telecross who takes this very seriously. And um, I have the pictures to prove it. So the next time you're around Mike, it's the perfect time to ask him what makes the perfect Guinness. <laughs> I'm all about continuing to advance my skill sets. So, so what I've got now is I've got I think 360 degrees around that now. I can now pour the perfect pint of Guinness, perfect. and I can drink it. Well, we want to thank you so much for your time. And we want to thank everyone for tuning in to this edition of Agency Nation Radio, powered by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice. And if you have enjoyed the podcast today, which I hope you have, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five stars or leave us a review. And if you have a story for Agency Nation Radio, contact us at hello at agencynation.com.